2: Buffs!
0: buzz, Buffs! Welcome into a mid-season, mid-to-late season, recap, rehash edition of At The Buzzer, a Ralphie Report podcast. And that's the end of our affiliation, Ralphie Report podcast. Um, Talking about all of our Colorado athletic news, um, opinions, anything we want. Um, And I guess today... We are, we are focusing on the thing that usually gives us hope in February and January, but decidedly this year um, has not where we can find hope elsewhere. So to talk about Tab Boyle and CU's men basketball program, of course, you have one co-host, Jack, always here, unfortunate for all of you listeners, and on the other side is other co-host, Sam. Hello, Sam. Give us a little... Hello. Give us a little... There you go. Um, and then we have, of course, special guest, returning all-star... Um, uh, what would you call that? Nostra Buffets of all things basketball. We have uh Ben Burrows, rumbling buff once again. Welcome, Ben.
2: Hey everyone. Uh, good to be back. A little under the weather today, but uh, happy to power through and talk some hoops.
0: Well, and powering through is what we've all had to do for the last <laughs> month. What a what a professional segue. I'm in it. Um, so. Yeah, we want to talk about CU men's basketball. Um, As you might know, dear listener, we had Ben Burrows and Will Whalen before the season. We had them on the mics um, to discuss their thoughts, our thoughts as a whole about this season's outlook um, for CU basketball. There was a lot of returning faces but young faces um so we figured it'd be nice to have a nice <laughs> a two-hour hash out um regarding our thoughts on the season and i listened to some of it again i did not listen to all two hours of it again because i don't like hearing myself at all and that's a lot um but in general i think we landed on high teen win season some things to build on for next year uh, but definitely some growing pains um and i, I I think Will was probably the most pessimistic in that range, and I was probably the most optimistic in that range. Um, but I think we all landed around there. And we also probably all mentioned probably not going to make the tournament this year. Tough team to make the tournament with. Um, here we are. It is February 1st. Uh, CU just lost to the 197th ranked team on Ken Um, which, of course,
1: is Oregon State Beavers. It's finally that- my worst loss of the year. Well, not we even second into, worst loss. We, of the year.
0: we can yeah. get into all of this, yes. A uh, lot, a lot of duds. Um, but we sit here, uh, the um, fans, I guess, and watchers of a twelve and eleven basketball team. So just opening up the floor, based off of how we thought this year was going to go. How do you feel about this year as it is going? Let's start with Ben.
2: Um, I think the narrative is is certainly more negative than maybe we would have expected. Uh, even with you know. I, I think I probably, you know, in my prognostications, I probably came up with 18 wins somewhere there around. Um, I mean, we're on pace for that. We can still get that. Uh, it's not It's not completely out of the question. We we still have a number of home games, still have more home games than, than road games, remainder of the season, things like that. But the narrative of some of the losses, particularly how they've come about, uh, has been honestly rather stunning. Uh, you referenced the Oregon State loss. You also obliquely referenced the Cal <laughs> loss and the <laughs> rambling state loss from earlier and even the Massachusetts loss and the Washington <laughs> loss at home. Those are what I would <laughs> <consider> <laughs> unacceptable from a program that I have come to have some expectations for. Yep. Um, and there's really no hiding from that. Those are five losses that you can't have in this yep. program. And you know, that's not covering up for the fact that we've also had some wins that it's like, damn, I didn't think we'd have those wins. Um, certainly the Tennessee game is one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Tech m way back when on the mm-hmm. beach, and even that Oregon game at home, we blew them out. Mm-hmm. Like those are solid wins, those are good wins. So it's not saying that we haven't had high points this year, but just the narrative of those bad losses coupling yep. with some really inconsistent and plain bad performances. It paints a picture that more or less, you know, the total, you know, wins loss picture can still get to where we expected it. Uh, at the beginning of the year, but the total narrative is definitely down.
1: We're also recording two hours before CU plays Cal, so... uh,
0: I think that's tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, uh, it's
1: tomorrow. Oh, I thought today was Thursday. It depends on when
0: this episode comes out. Depends
1: when this episode comes out. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, it's been bad. Five out of six losses. The offense looks broken beyond belief right now. Yeah. Um, And, like, we did have those wins earlier in the year, but they've dried up a bit. Um, and really like, like, is this something we should have seen coming?
0: So I, Um, so like I said, I've re-listened to some of the preview pod. I can tell you some of the things that we did talk about, um, and how it turned out during the year. I, sorry, finish your thought before I get in there. Is this something we should have seen coming? Any other things there?
1: Oh, no. I thought you were going to keep going.
0: Um. <laughs> so I will keep going now. Um we mentioned a few stretches in the season that we thought would tell us a lot about this team. Um I think we mentioned the stress stretch from Tennessee to Washington in the non-con, or we're we calling the non-con that there was two conference games in there. Um mm-hmm. and CU played in seven game his seven game series, Tennessee, Massachusetts, AM, Boise State, Yale, Arizona State, and Washington. Um See you. And that was three. only,
2: that was two weeks of calendar time that we yes. played.
0: There was a neutral third party tournament for the first three or first four of those games. And then, um, home games for Yale and Arizona state and then on the run to Washington. See, you went three and four in those games. And I would assume the weirdest way possible. So I think what really made this season look weird is back to back losses against Grambling state and wins against Tennessee, who is now easily number one on Kemp by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that set this t- this this season up for a roller coaster, and then CU has continued to ride that roller coaster as hard as possible. A loss against Massachusetts the very next day, who was 152nd in Ken Palm. Frank Martin, shout out. A win against Texas A and M, who was 40th in Ken Palm, and CU demolished them. That was not even close. Oh my God, that game was incredible. A loss against Boise State, who's turned out to be a pretty tough team, and they played really hard defense that uh, that game. And then a tough win against a Yale team that's old, experienced, and runs good offense. Um, then you follow that up with back-to-back losses, a just dis- a soul-destroying loss against Arizona State, where um, I forgot the – oh, my God, is it Cambridge? One of their senior guards comes in real hot in the second half and then kill, shoots a crazy three to win um, in the last possession by one. Um, and then CU goes on the road against a Washington team who's okay at best and loses um, at the Alaska airlines arena. I believe Ben was at that game, um, oh. but that arena is cursed. And I continue to believe so um, ending that stretch at three and four crazy stretch of three and four. Um, I also say, want to say we mentioned the stretch kind of at the beginning of the conference play, the stretch we're kind of in right now of hosting the Washington schools at home splitting the Oregon road trip if possible and then hosting the Bay Area school to home as a place where CU can get some momentum after what looked to be a pretty tough start to conference play. Yeah. I would say that as a team, CU has not gained the momentum that I would expect them to gain during this time period. And the nail on the coffin, not the nail on the coffin, but it's tough for me to look at that Oregon, Oregon state trip. I don't know that Oregon, Game had a comeback near the end, but that really sunk into me of oh, yeah, this team is more than just inconsistent. It is hard to watch and straight up bad at times, which is something that doesn't, you can be hard to watch a Tap Royal team, but they're not often just bad. And it felt like they were bad for, for a decent stretch of that road trip.
1: Yeah. And we, and we still could have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was funny. <clears throat>
2: so I was at, uh, excuse me, I was at the Avs game that night mm. and I was going to watch the game on replay. Uh, it was my friend's birthday. We went to the Avs game. Nice. And uh, she leaned over at one point and showed me the score right before halftime. And I went, oh, we're going to lose that game by five. We'll, we'll, we'll put up a fight in the second half and we'll, we'll end up losing that game by five. And sure enough, we end up losing it by like six So the exact yeah. way I, I uh, predicted wow. it in that moment. So the, the team is bad, but they're also kind of predictable at this point. Yeah, uh, You, you kind of know, like through the start of the game or even by the tempo stats, you can kind of go, oh, I expect this. You're talking about should we have foreseen some of these things. And, I'm, and i was kind of looking back at some historical markers and going hey should i have paid more attention to some of these things so we come in without a you know a you know a, uh while while kj was anointed the point guard and i think he'd earned that role uh it's not necessarily his most comfortable position in fact i don't think it's a position he's playing next year which i'm sure we'll talk about mm. um we' we're, we're, we lost a very emotional leader yep. uh in in Evan. the year after we lost another emotional leader in Ken, so we're finally you know the butcher's bill is due uh, when it comes to that And we're also playing 10 deep Mm -hmm. and all of those things. I probably should have paid a little bit more credence to it's kind of uh, when you're playing 10 deep, it's kind of like having two quarterbacks. Uh, If you you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If you're playing 10 deep, there's a reason why you're playing 10 deep. You don't trust the Uh the eight or seven enough to to only play eight or seven. Uh, Okay. That's fair. Um, The emotional leader. We've seen that in the past Uh, the year after Spencer departs, you know, we really struggle to find some 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 grounding leadership. Same thing with the point guard, Spencer departs. Yep. We try to anoint, uh, you know, uh, Ski as the point guard. We really struggle that year because of a lot of the same things. You know, if you compare, uh, you know, the, the season over season to that that Ski senior year, yeah, you're going to see some similarities. Uh, and I think we're 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 paying some butchers bills when we come to a lot of those trends, those narrative trends that. I wanted to look past because I thought we would grown past, yep. but maybe there are just things that, no, that's that's too difficult to overcome in a single year uh, kind of things. And, and maybe I should have paid a little bit more attention to. But again, you know, if we have a strong end of the year, we can still get to that 17-18 win line and be yep. more or less where we expected.
0: I think that makes sense, especially with what you said at the end there um, regarding the that you thought that we might have grown past those growing pains or, you know, evolved past those growing pains. I'm, I was right there with you because the talent level on paper on this team is probably the best in the Taboil era up there, um, at the very least. You know, KJ Simpson, highly recruited guard, highly ranked guard. Lawson Lovering, highly recruited, highly ranked. Um, Tristan Da Silva, less so, but you know what you kind of have there. Um, Javon Ruffin is solid as a recruit. You know, Dee Clifford was a highly rated recruit. Like, there was some guys on this team. And Quincy Allen, of course, we expected um as a highly rated recruit. Like, there's talent on this team that I was expecting would help this next evolution of Taboyle's coaching to like weather those bumps because you can rely on the talent when the leadership isn't there or when you know KJ isn't running the offense how you needed to. Um and it turns out I was very wrong in that um and a player like program like Tad Boyle runs, you definitely need everyone on the same page, and it's very important, I think, for um, that lead guard to get people on the same page. And when that's not there all the time, a lot of things suffer all at once, and it makes it look bad on offense, I guess. It, and that's some of where I'm at here, um, and then later on I'll discuss what I consider the black hole on, on the wing, but – um, oh, yeah. In my opinion, those are the two main issues with this team that I did not see coming when we are looking at the beginning of the year.
2: Yeah, and maybe we put a little too much stock in what KJ could be compared to uh-huh. you know, where he realistically – I mean, if you look at it, if you take a step back, take two steps back, he's not having that bad of a year. Right. Um, if you look at his performances since he got back from the NorCal trip and he had that illness, and, you know, he was out for a game, and I think it really threw off his rhythm and he's been really fighting his body since then. Yeah, um, I th- I think you you start to understand that maybe there's too much pressure in the system put on him because there's no other options. Yep. I mean Tristan's going to do what he does, um, and you know he looks he looks good scoring. Um, you know sometimes what he does other than scoring comes and goes, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I think maybe because of a lot of other guys not being able to live up to the expectations, yeah, JJ is having to carry so much of the weight creatively. creativity. Yep.
1: Creatively, <laughs> creatively. Thank you. I have thoughts Go ahead. and stats. I have stats and thoughts. Go ahead. Um, so, in those seven games since the Cal game, in which KJ exploded for like 19 points in like the last five minutes of the game. All right, KJ is shooting 30% from the field, oh my God. 15% from three. He has as many turnovers as assists. And the worst thing too is that he's kind of just still chucking shots even when his shot isn't falling. Like, that one one of 13 from the field against Oregon, that kind of... Oregon State, right? Oh, Oregon State, sorry. Like, that's just brutal. Yeah. Um, but
2: it's because and, he has to, yeah, right? Yeah. There, yeah. There's no other option on this team. If he wasn't, put, like, yeah, he, he should not mm-hmm. have taken 13 shots, but he had to take those 13 shots. Because who else is going to do it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was about to say, too, it's like... And you could see it in the Washington State game, um, specifically where it's like, Every single time he called for a pick, he had two guys on him hard, and they're trying to get the ball out of his hands. They're going to try. He has pretty much no other like options. Like no one's going to make a play yeah. off, off of that. No one can punish the four on three, whatever that they're being left with. Um, and yeah, it's just it's pretty brutal to see offensively. Um, and like I, I can't blame KJ for that. No,
2: no, absolutely not. And that's yeah, that is not even close to what I'm trying to say there. Um, you know, you look at, and plus minus is a terrible, terrible stat. Like it's not a, it's not a stat you should really look at. But yeah. there was only two players on the entire team who were in positive numbers in that Oregon State game, and that was KJ, who, as we said, went one for thirteen for the field, right. and lost in Lovering. Everyone yeah. else had a, had a negative. And that's going to happen when you lose ball games. That's why it's a bad stat. Nonetheless, yeah. he, even though he, he wasn't, even though he wasn't scoring, he was still creating enough offense with the team on the on the, on the court. Yeah. To to help the team stay in the game.
1: Yeah. I also do want to point out, too, that uh, since the Cal game in which Tad challenged him to play harder in defense, he has been fantastic on that end. Yeah. Um,
2: Oh, there's there's no qualms with this team on on defense. We are are a we are a really good defensive team. Yeah. And and that's that's the end of the positivity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think Sam Sam Tristan is a bucket and he's fun to watch.
0: I, yes. I, I think a part of that point too, Sam, is I think CU is just exceedingly easy to scout now, which is what we've seen in this stretch of conference play, at least on offense, right? There's only two guys that defenses really had to key in on, right? It's, it's Tristan Da Silva and it's KJ Simpson. Who else are they really going to put time and effort into stopping when they need to? And that's something I guess I did not foresee coming into this year. I thought depth would be kind of a strength this year with with who we had coming back and some of the exciting pieces coming in. Um, but I think that it's one of the biggest misses definitely that I had is just no one else has shown they can be an offensive threat. Um, there are some people that I think that's okay, and we can talk about them a little bit. Um, you know, we are a Lost and loving podcast, but there are some people where that's not okay. Um, and I, I think that's a huge part of those issues that we've talked about, especially with KJ. Is like, it's very easy to scout him. You can just double him whenever you want. Because as long as you rotate to help Tristan, who else is going to shoot the ball? Adley can't shoot. That's not even his fault, really. But you know, it, it's just t- it's it's hard for him, I think, to get going because of how easy it is to stop CU's offense uh, schematically.
2: Well, I think uh, there's some other factors in that. The, the one player we haven't talked about in terms of okay, maybe they've emerged as a competent offensive impact player is Javon Ruffin. Yeah, uh, like I the love last that guy. you know last couple of weeks before he got injured. He's really starting to to get comfortable with his shot, get comfortable with his role off the bench. Yes. And um, you know, the first game without him is Washington, and we can't beat his own without a shooter and yep. without him on the team, and without Tristan, everyone else on this team is shooting thirty percent or worse.
0: I, I have a staff for you, by the way. When you when we finish up,
2: yep, yeah. So I, you know, th- that's a key missing component. Uh, of this, particularly the last couple weeks. weeks, um, you know, we go one and one and three in a stretch that we probably should have gone three and one in at, at the worst. I mean, that's, yeah. that's part and parcel of it. I'm not saying it isn't, uh, but, but yeah, we're, it, it's really rough when turnovers are high and you can't shoot your way out of it.
0: Yes. And turnovers have remained an issue really any, I don't know, a lot, a lot. And Grambling State was probably when we really saw, A lot of that start um but yeah turnovers have been an issue for this team the entire year um and it's pretty much across the board it's not just at the guards and it's not just at the bigs um this team just has a hard time passing to each other it seems like um which causes issues because you have empty possessions and then when you can't shoot your way out of empty possessions your points per possession is going to be pretty bad um and it's hard to defend your way out of, of that big of a hole
1: yeah, and I, I I always bring up the fact too. It's like when you can't make passes, you can't catch them in traffic. It just yeah. leads to a lot of turnovers and easy transition points, and it's just like it's just a snowball effect. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, we have too many live ball turnovers. That's that's the real yep. key. Like running over a dude and get an offensive uh, offensive foul turnover. That's one thing. Throwing a ball yeah. out of bounds. That's another. Getting ripped and run on. That's that's really big. And you the you know the the non steel turnovers are bad, but we're also getting ripped and run on quite a bit, yep. um, particularly on dribble drive penetration. There is the passing issue. Like, yeah, Lawson and can't catch in the paint. Okay, we all know this, right? Um, but, like, no one can catch. Yeah. Like, no one can catch. And th- there's a decision-making factor. There's a trust factor. There's a lot of guys on this team that I don't think trust each other to uh-huh. you know, catch my pass. Um, you know, and there's, there, there's those issues. But then there's also just the – we've seen – uh, the offense be run faster this year than it has in the history of tadball. Yep. And I think there's an aspect of it that we're trying to go too fast um, in, in getting into our sets and things like that, that may be contributing to that. Yeah, uh, but but those factors right there, you know, the inability to catch sometimes, but then, you know, the trust factor. Uh, yeah, and then the speed factor, I think contribute to those those turnover issues.
0: So, um, I do want to transition to, to some overall thoughts. We've already, we've I think, touched on a few of those there, but want to mention some player-specific thoughts. Before I do that, I'm going to read you a set of three numbers twice. The first set of three numbers is 40%, 42%, and 46%. The second set of three numbers is 24%, 30%, and 23%. Any guesses on what those three numbers could be? And to be fair, they are the same numbers split across a year series. So the first set of numbers was 2022. The second set of numbers was 2023 this current season.
2: I'm assuming that's Neek. Yeah. Okay. Nick shooting numbers.
0: That is the three-point shooting percentage of Neek Clifford, number one, Julian Hammond, number two, and Luke O'Brien, number three, all year over here. That is also, I think, a huge issue as we transition to some bigger thoughts about this team and specific players, is that all three of them are slumping compared to last year, And that makes it really, really hard to get offense off the bench. Nick Clifford shooting 24% on 53 attempts is tough. Luke O'Brien shooting 23% on 40 attempts is also tough. And Hammond shooting 30% on 53 attempts as well. That, all three of them regressed compared to last year's shooting percentages. And, um, you know, three-point shooting isn't everything, but it's a lot of things. Especially um, off the bench. And really the only guy I trust on the bench to shoot a single three right now is Javon Ruffin. And that's not good for him. <laughs> that's yeah. not that's not a good spot for him to be in. So, anyways, I just thought that was interesting that all three of them moved down drastically compared to last year's percentage. Yeah,
2: and those are your three Colorado kids, too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's the core of your program. And yep. they, they slumped pretty yep. bad. Uh, now... That's not to say they can't be good in the future. Like we saw that with Levi Newton, right? Way back when. This is over a decade ago at this point. Levi was ground. Levi couldn't hit the broad side of a bar in his sophomore year, and he could barely do it his junior year. And then all of a sudden he comes out as a, as a senior and can't miss. Yes. So maybe a Luke O'Brien's gonna wake up tomorrow and and, and he's the next Levi Newton. Uh, you know, hey, maybe, but
1: maybe, it, maybe I'll walk on and be yeah, that Sure, guy exactly. Too. <laughs> yeah.
2: It, it, but it's one of those cold light of days things when you look at your Colorado recruits and you look at the expectations for them in this program and they're not yeah. living up to it. And it's it's hard. And, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I've thought I've thought a lot this season about, you know, hey, maybe some decisions need to get made. Because
0: For the first time in a long time in a taboo program, I've thought really since Rodney Bills was a recruiting coordinator, I've thought like there are there might need to be some pretty big turnovers that were not expected.
2: And, and, because, and, yeah. and that's not that's not me saying, like, you know, Tad should start cutting people or anything like that because I would never advocate that. I think some of this is going to be player-driven, like, hey, maybe this be. isn't right for me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Koontz is a great example, I think. Galen Koontz is having a great yeah. career at Northern Colorado, and that's not a bad thing. I think oh. he realized they both – I think Tad Boyle's honest with players all the time. I think they both yeah. realized, you don't fit here, and you should go where you fit. I'm not going to hold you here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, um, and especially because I think there's there's still a lot of uh, opportunities out there for guys, particularly in the portal era. Like, yeah, find your spot.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. And I will say on the other side of this, um, something that Tad Boyle did not have last year that he does have this year, um, courtesy of, of Rick George and the lock at Phil Stefano, is transporter rules. That makes sense. So yeah. um, there are things that can happen that could not happen prior um, we talked a lot about the pains of the season which has been painful like I said 12 and 11 isn't great um I do want to talk about the growing part of the growing pains um which mm-hmm. has been inconsistent this year just a little bit of positivity um, on my end as the eternal optimist there are two guys this year that I think are exceeding my expectations which are already pretty high at least for one of these guys one of those I think is Tristan Da Silva who is currently the only option on offense um past K.J. Simpson and is rising to that challenge almost nightly. Um, He's getting – I mean, he's averaged – he's gotten a lot of points off of some really weird defensive spots where people know he's the guy. Um, And I think that – I don't know if a year early is the right word, but I definitely was not expecting him to blossom offensively like this, Mm -hmm. this fully. Um, So, I I don't know. I think he's a legit number one option for a Power 5 team, which is crazy good. The other guy I do want to mention very briefly, of course, is Lawson Lovering. All of us are Lawson Lovering defenders, quote-unquote, and we have liked him since he signed. Um, It can be hard for people who aren't watching a lot of college basketball to see a seven-foot center like him miss those easy passes in the lane or miss those layups and still see the value. Um, But I was telling Sam this. I went, I forgot what game I was, I think it was at the Oregon home game and just watching Lawson Lovering shove people into the right defensive position and watching yeah. Lawson Lovering bark out every single switch that needed to happen. It was incredible. It really was incredible. He is a defensive asset past what I thought he would be this year. And he's growing offensively. That USC game uh, uh, away from home was sick in you my saw mind. saw the
2: flashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: saw yeah. the flashes. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the two guys I wanted to mention as as full growth candidates um from what we expected earlier this year um so i just want to open up for the floor overall season thoughts player thoughts position thoughts um you know i guess how do you feel about the guys on this roster right now we talked about kj a little bit but
2: Uh, oh well we 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 talked about we talked about javon ruffin um i'm i'm a lot higher on him than i was Mm -hmm. a month ago two months ago like absolutely he certainly seems like a, a a really solid contributor that we can we can look toward in future years. I think he's got a lot to his game, uh, a lot more than just uh, his defense. Still got to come along a little bit, but that's also a playing time thing, right? Like he hasn't had a lot of playing time with with the with the full team, you know, the the front line team, the ones mm-hmm. more or less. So yeah, he's going to struggle a little bit on on that defensive aspect, but I think with time, he's probably going to get there. That's usually the last thing to come. Uh, Tristan uh, is Tristan is interesting for me because I've long ago decided that if I – I say positive things about Tristan; he's going to struggle. And if I say <laughs> negative things about Tristan, he's going to, you know, blow it away. Um, so I, I have a always be criticizing policy when it comes to Tristan. Uh, Tristan, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the problem is he's making it really difficult on me because <laughs> uh-huh. he's having a really strong year. Um, uh, yeah, and he's he's doing things offensively that you're like, yeah, we c- we can make use of that. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. um, his ability to to create in the paint and. You know, actually hit that outside shot and things like that. Like that's really important. Um, you talked about Lawson. We're a top twenty defensive club, largely in part because of Lawson. Totally agree. Uh if Lawson yeah. wasn't who he was in the paint and, and running those defensive calls and all that other stuff, we're not a top def- uh, top twenty defensive club and this season's a lot worse than it even is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hadley, Hadley's been an interesting case. Uh, cause he he surprised us out of the gate. He really surprised us out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had a rough uh, late December, early January, and I think I'm starting. To, and I think it was because of injury related. I really think he hurt his shoulder again. Uh, because he hurt his shoulder in in uh, South Carolina, yeah. Uh, in that tournament, and then I think he might have re-injured it or re-aggravated it at some point because I started noticing him favor, uh, favor his shoulder again. Uh yeah. but he's starting to get it back a little bit. He he can be a a good solid contributor. The problem is he, he's not that outside threat. You know he his his skill set is more of a four. Yeah. And we need him to be a three. So we're back in a position where we're playing, uh, playing guys out of sp- spots again. Uh, those would be the guys I'd highlight as, okay, maybe they've shown me a little bit more than I was expecting.
1: I think part of it too with Hadley was that, I, as Jack pointed out before, it's like his limited athleticism kind of mm-hmm. showed up against better athletes in the pac 12 Just taller guys
2: too. It wasn't even just athletes; just taller dudes. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll I'll say this: uh, a comp. I I don't know if a comp is the right word, but I love his little junky left hand. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know if a jump hook's even the right word, but it seems like he just like turns it so fast that the other the defender's like surprised he even puts it up when he's in the middle of the lane, and it goes in like eighty percent of the time. Um, it reminds me a little bit, and this is going to be a name that some people might know and hate. It reminds me a little bit of JJ Avila with that. Um, if you remember that CSU guy, where he just threw in these weird junky layups. He was, he was also 6'5", and, like, I don't know. I, I think that's such a valuable asset to have of just, like, hey, five seconds, go get a bucket. And he just has this one move. That's all you need, really.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: for that little little weird lefty spot. Um, I don't know. I, I like his touch there. Um, Sam, who, who who's yep. stood out to you so far?
1: Um, well, I'll toot my own horn a little bit because I said uh, that Tristan would break out offensively. That was my mm-hmm. hot um, just because I just love his funky game, and I was hoping, like, maybe, 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 maybe he'll realize that he can just get a bucket anytime he wants. Yeah. And he has mostly. Like, he still does take a backseat to KJ, and I think that kind of shows up when CU is uh, struggling offensively and KJ gets a little chucky.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see him take on that larger role, especially, like, again, Tad challenged him to, to play better on the road and to, like, put in the effort. And then he goes out and has two great games against Oregon and Oregon State.
0: Career high in rebounds against Oregon State. Something yeah. we don't really see from him very often.
1: Yeah. Um. I also, um, I mean, I've been really high on Javon Ruffin um, for a couple of years. And was like, he just <laughs> seems, what? No, I, I, you <laughs> have
0: mentioned him. I, usually in the context of his hair, which is still incredible. But yes.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm saying that, I've been saying like, I well, I generally have a weakness for you like heady big. players, can
0: I? Can I say that you like players that have weird, like heady spots? And he's a smart guy. Is can I, can I say that? Is that fair?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say like I like big, smart wing or guards who might not be the most explosive, but they like get to their spots and they play at their own pace and like yeah. And I've I've been quite pleasantly surprised by how well he's been shooting it because that was a question mark into heading into the year. You brought um, up
2: pace. You brought up pace, and I think that's critical. He doesn't get sped up like some of the other guys do. Yep. Um, I, I never feel like the game is going too fast for Javon. Mm-hmm. Um, you
1: you know. can
0: tell he's the son of an NBA player slash yeah. scout. Like it's yeah. super, he's so calm. But yeah, continue. Sorry.
1: No, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I just think he's going to be, I think he'll start his junior and senior years and he's going to be a very, very solid player. Uh, and then I think as Ben pointed out, I think he'll figure out the defensive end, especially once he can like stay healthy and get those reps on the court.
0: He's shocked me with how, how well he can stay in front of people. I did not think he was going to be able to stay in front of people that well. And I don't know oh, how well he is doing it, but more than I expected, I guess.
2: Um, what was just... that, Ben? Coming off the injury last year. Yeah. yeah his, his lateral quickness would have been a, a reasonable concern.
1: Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg,
2: this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across
1: sports, media, and entertainment. That is a
2: harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
2: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech.
0: It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, And then like my other pleasant surprise would be Luke O'Brien, who hasn't really been that great offensively, but he goes hard. And we need someone to bring energy like him.
0: That's a good transition. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Luke, Luke, uh, Luke is an interesting case because you know, and and this is something Will brought up back back uh, in the first pod too. Is just if he could just hit a little bit of those shots and be that mm-hmm. DM three guy. Yep. You know, he's incredibly valuable. Like yep. incredibly valuable. And he can't get the three part. Like I think he's he's on pace to get to the shot numbers that Will had wanted. The, you know he's not making any of them, nope. which is a huge, <laughs> huge problem. Uh, but yeah, his injury, er, injury, his um, his energy, uh, when when it's on display is is really cool. Uh, particularly the way he attacks the offensive glass, like yeah, like, that's important. Yeah. Uh, particularly in this squad, uh, particularly in this system, you got to have someone uh, trying to get those offensive rebounds. Um, it's just the other parts just aren't working. And the other thing is we have to play him at the five sometimes, and that really, yeah, I think that really, yeah. um, you know, again, guys playing on position.
1: Yeah, I think so, I overestimated Tristan's ability to play small ball five too. Yeah. Which those minutes have defensively like, for sure.
0: Yeah. He yeah, defensively, defensively he it's
1: not great. Uh but that that is Tad's go-to crunch time lineup like lineup. Yeah. Like he takes loss on off. Yep. So, um,
0: you know, you mentioned a few playing out of position a few times, Ben. I think to me that's like I don't know if the main thing, but a huge thing that's wrong with this team right now is Um, They are having to rely on Hadley and O'Brien for huge minutes a lot of the time, Um, even in spots where they may not be comfortable because there are deficiencies elsewhere um, that have not rectified themselves yet. So um, I think we've all I don't know if dancing around is the right term, but I just want to I just want to talk about, I guess, my biggest issue with this team. Um, the wing spots are non-existent, especially on offense, I guess, is what I'm going to say. So I think Nick Clifford was slated to take a massive step up or a big step up, at least. I think Tad wanted him to do that. Um, yep. I think that's why he's at media days. That's why I mean he's feature- he starts every game. Um, and that just hasn't happened. And it hasn't happened because – I shouldn't say. It's not because he isn't playing the right minutes or because – there enough opportunity. It hasn't happened because (laughs) the same thing I've had a problem with Clifford with for three years of just like, it just feels like he doesn't realize what he can do 90% of the time. Um, And, and it just, it just doesn't happen that way. Um, Past that, the two additions to this program, Jalen Gabbard on Ethan Wright have, have alternated between injured and, and unplayable um, and in a very mean term, but, it's really hard to play Ethan Wright when he's not hitting shots, and very often he's not hitting shots. And Jalen Gabadon is injured, and when he's not injured, um, when he plays, I like the leadership he brings and the defensive intensity he brings, but on offense he tries a lot of stuff that he got away with in the Ivy League that I feel like also hurts him in the Pac-12. Um, so all of this is a very uncharitable way to say, um, when you look at that second unit and just the wing spot in general, there's just this massive offensive... Uh, black hole like there's nothing you can rely on from any of those guys and i'm going to add julian hammond in part to that list who i thought was a really good pnr operator who has gotten away from a lot of what made him successful in my opinion it's, you just can't rely on any of them on offense and it's really hurting this team in my opinion
2: so you hit on you hit on another thing that you know going forward in future years i need to pay attention to and that's the grad transfer from ivy league schools <laughs> i used to criticize i used to criticize cal a lot because they would dip into the Ivy yeah. and there'd be all this preseason hype, you know, all oh, the, the leading score from the Ivy is on he Cal now. To play the year, two times in a
0: row. 15, yeah.
2: the, this 15 and 10 guy from an Ivy school is now on Cal and he's going to be leading the front line. Yeah. Everyone's screwed because of that. And then they have just a guy season. They're just, they're just there. They're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they put up numbers. Um, and now we're seeing it on, on Colorado's behalf that, you know, and it's not to really slight them, but they're just, Tab brought him in as a hedge against positional needs. You you brought up Neek. like okay, yeah. Neek's gonna we 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 need Neek to step up. Here's a hedge. We bring in these two senior dudes in, yep. in the in the two and three slots yep. to sort of hedge that need. You know, none of it hits. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean,
1: I would I would love if Ethan Wright was just a guy, <laughs> but
2: yeah, um, and, you know, with with yeah, and, and we we've mentioned they they both had injuries and. Yeah. Some other things, but there's there's not any aspect of it where I think they've lived up to expectations or potential uh for various numbers of reasons. Um, I mean if
1: there's anything, tad does love Gabadon, and apparently he's yeah, he does he's a great he's leader defensive. in the locker room. He, yeah. He's, yeah,
2: yeah, he's he's got a great head on his shoulders, he's um really good defensively. He's not gonna contribute offensively, he's too yeah. slow footed to create an offensive impact from the wing at this level. Mm-hmm. um you know he's not a he's not a plus athlete kind of guy um he's smart and he knows the game so he's gonna play well defensively mm-hmm. um and that was you know that's you know one of the reasons we brought him in for but it's it's hard to have a lineup when you're okay Lawson is not going to contribute offensively he's not there yet okay and now Neek's struggling and now we're gonna throw a third guy on the court who can't contribute offensively yeah, how are you supposed to run offensive possessions like that,
0: Sam? What was the lineup that you saw against the Oregon game? Oh no, it, what was it Hammond, Wright, Gabadon?
2: Oh Jesus! Bri- O'Brien.
0: O'Brien, Lovering, or something. <laughs> We're just like, who's gonna score? Is yeah, there yeah, anyone yeah. on that
1: team yeah. who's gonna? It, I think Tad played that out of a timeout for like forty seconds, and then immediately sucked <laughs> out everyone.
2: The the ball boys got a better chance of scoring.
0: Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's that. That to me is the issue with this game. There is obviously a a um pre a preseason expectation that someone on the wing would be able to put up ten points a game, and just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And
2: and, and, yeah. and what should your reaction as a coach be to this? Probably to shorten the bench, but you can't do that. You really well, can't at this point because yeah. the, the options to shorten the bench, yeah, don't look that promising either. Um, so confidence in back yet is he.
0: No, I'm the sorry? one guy we've mentioned as a a bench scorer and positive player is injured right now. So when you you call that road trip, it's tough.
2: It seemed like uh, speaking of uh, speaking of rough, um, it sounded like he was close last week. So I, I would expect him to play this week. I hope so.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I I am sorry for ranting there, but I just think that is the big issue when I watch this team. Is I for three years I've watched Nick Clifford, who has an NBA body. And is the fastest second jumper I've seen in a long time. And can lead the break off the rebounds. And he does that like 10% of the time. And I just get so frustrated when... Like, there's so much space for him to score points on this team right now. There's no one else really getting in his way. Um, But it's just not his personality. It's just
1: not who he is. I I, I I need
0: to accept that.
1: Even then, I think, like, he wants to be a role player. And... I think the player he wants to be is someone who can spot up and drill those threes, like, whenever they come to him. And he just hasn't been a good no. shooter at all. And it's, like, his misses aren't even close. Like, he had that play. It's actually one of my favorite plays in basketball from a comedy perspective of doing the pump fake, taking one dribble in, and then airballing the <laughs> the mid-range too long. It's like, oh, that would three. three yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Um, but, no, he's uh, he's been... Oh, he's been real bad. Oh, 25% on 3. That, so that that
0: was the number I put in there is 40% yeah, 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 last yeah. year, 24% this year. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a confidence that there's just it's just not there and I think CU you really needed it to be there for him this yeah, year. Yeah. Cool.
2: No. and and how much is, of this is on us for expecting him to be Deshaun Schwartz?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I, I I agree. Yeah.
2: It's totally. not it's not his game and I and I kind of tried to temper my expectations for him based on that. Like he's a slasher. Like that's what he's meant to be. He's meant to be more Jeron Hopkins, right? And Jeron didn't really fit this program identity either because he, you know, we weren't really looking for his skill set at that time. Yeah, and that's maybe where I think this is going is we're we're playing guys out of the positions that they maybe would excel at, not because of, you know, stubbornness or anything like that, but it's yep. just what needs to happen, yeah, uh, in order to make the thing go.
1: Yeah, I will say though that part of the reasoning of that expectation was that Nick himself said he was trying to be like Deshaun. Sure, um, but, but there, yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. also a,
2: there, there's a time for me to, you know, say, oh, I want to be yeah. that guy. And there's also a time for me to yeah. say, oh, I am this guy. I am me. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But I as think, you,
0: yeah,
1: as you mentioned, I was going to compare myself saying, <laughs> well, I, I won't, let me do my bit of I ahead. want to think that I'm Manu Ginobili, but then I'm just shitty Evan Turner. It's <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Shout
0: out Evan Turner, man. Um. Yeah, I. It's what I, I, I don't know. It's kind of what you mentioned, Ben, too. Of like, I I agree. Whenever I watch Clifford do that, and he's playing so many minutes, and I just get, I get so mad—not at the ineffectiveness, but the lack of attempts of effectiveness. Um. But then you look at like, well, where does where does Tad go? Like, what what do you put in instead of Nick Clifford? Because it's hard. It's really hard. Um, Nick, Luke O'Brien yeah, already. Playing out of role in my opinion like what do you do you start luke o'brien and hope he can blossom in that 25 30 minutes a guy do you play hadley more he's already playing a lot and it's just there's not a lot of options there this year um we've we talked in the preseason too of, of this year being kind of a, a stage setter for what next year could be yeah. um i think that's thrown in sharper relief as that has happened as this season has progressed um, yeah. of, of just what the needs are and how they are co- potentially being filled next year. Um, but man, they just desperately need an offense initiator and and scoring on the wing. In my opinion, um, and it it seems like that's coming next year, but it doesn't help us this year, of course. Go ahead.
2: Enter enter a top five player in the in the country. Yes,
0: uh, yeah. Who some analysts have said could be number one. Or
2: could be, be number one, one. and no. which is yeah. scary and. Uh, fills, fills me with various emotions. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, to that point, I think, I think we've been successful in the recruiting class. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see him on campus. I mean, okay. So frontline depth is an issue. Well, hurl Bird will have another year of, of strength training under his shoulders and and hopefully will be able to contribute. Same with Lawson. I think he'll, you know, his body will continue to grow and, and things like that. But then we're also adding on the frontline, um, and uh, and then when we get to the wing, we I think we've, we're adding some competent offensive components. Uh, you know, bringing in uh, Cody will allow us to hopefully pay KJ a little bit more at the two rather than the point. Yep, which I think is much going to be much more comfortable for him. Yep, uh, and um, and just overall, I think there'll be better balance on the team next
0: year. And and like you. Mentioned, I also think there's a potential that we see one or more transfers coming in at the end of the year as well. Once Mm. because I don't think anyone's happy with the season, um, of course,
2: so there'll be some movement, there'll be some movement, yeah.
0: Um, you know, one name we haven't mentioned yet that gets mentioned a lot, um, and I guess I'll be generous here and say for more football centric fans is Quincy Allen, um. Quincy Allen was a top interviewer coming out of high school. I think Quincy Allen has the potential, could be a three-level scorer at some point in his college career. I still like his athleticism, as it seems people within the program do. I still like his jump shot, um, though he airballed more threes than he's made this year. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, I, I will also say just watching very little garbage time into Quincy Allen. And obviously Tad's seen him way more than anyone else has. There's a reason he's not playing. And I don't think it's because he's a bad teammate. I don't think it's because he's selfish. I think there's just a he does not have what we need on the defensive side of the ball. And frankly, when he's not holding the ball on offense. And like, that's a big, like 80% of the game. Um, It would be nice if he blossomed into that eight points a game guy that we mentioned before the year. But he's just not there. Um, What do we make of Quincy Allen?
2: Uh, what I make of him is he needs more time. You know, I'm not throwing baby out with the bathwater. I'm not saying he'll never be a good basketball player, but right now he's not going to contribute. He's not going to make things better uh, by being out there. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason why his playing time is what it is. Yep. Um, you know, and other things, I mean, he hasn't, you know, even his, his small like spots on the court, like his, his last one, which I'm pretty sure was against Oregon state at home. He dunks after the whistle which I know, Tad, like I saw yeah. him shake his head. And in that moment, I think I even tweeted out, I was like, Quincy's not seeing the court the rest of the year. <laughs> like that's, you can't do that. <laughs>
0: to, to give some perspective, I was at Moby Arena when George King did that to CSU. And that was that was at the buzzer. It wasn't yeah. after the buzzer. Tad Boyle lit his
2: him ass up.
1: up. Yeah. Oh my yeah.
0: God, he lit him yeah. up.
1: And there's also the McKinley right to Tyler Bay alley-oop where Tad oh, yes. tore, his well, he tore
0: his Achilles. <laughs> he tore his Achilles going on the court. So, Glad so
2: Tad, it, it, you know Tad expects a class. You know he wants a classy program. He, he he wants to build a classy program. The last thing he wants to do is show other dudes up. You know he he's not Dana Altman. He's not going to show other dudes up. Um, you know, and 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 ultimately that's going to be a situation that's really going to negatively. If you're already on the fringe, or if you're already like, hey coach, can I get two minutes at the end of a blowout? That kind of that kind of player. Yeah, for you to to showboat in a way that's showing the other team up, like that's not going to help your case. Yeah, unless it's um, USC, yeah, unless it's USC, <laughs> but but that's a special case. You, you can show them up all you want. If it was against USC, Tad might have given them an extra five minutes. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I I know what people see the recruiting ranking. They see a guy who can dunk. They see a guy who can high point and jump shot. Yeah, and all this stuff, and and you know jump out of the building and all this stuff, and. I know I know what they're trying to go after, but basketball is not just running out and jumping around. Like, yeah. you have to be organized. You have to work with the other four teammates.
1: Yep. I think it's like uh, an NBA draft stuff, lingo with, like, yeah. the empty gym player.
2: Yeah. Yep. And, th- and, again, that's not to say he can't get there. That's, I mean, yep. he just needs more time. That's fine. That's acceptable. My <laughs> God gave you four years.
0: <laughs> I, I think the other thing about that is there is no better program in the country where you can develop at your pace than Colorado. Mm-hmm. Taboy will not. He, he will ask things of you, but he will not rush you. Like it mm-hmm. is on you to develop, and when it happens at your pace, you get George King, or you know, yeah. I guess when he yeah. was a little bit more hurried, but you get George King.
2: a great example. George yeah. is a great example of a guy who was completely lost his freshman year who was near unplayable, he has a sophomore redshirt year. Mm-hmm. Second year redshirt year, which is you, near unheard You, you never see so that. You never see that. And then comes back and blows the door off the gym. Yep. And I'm not saying Quincy, you know, needs that much time or will be George King or anything like that, but that's a great example of yep. how time can affect the basketball player.
0: Never forget George King and Josh Scott started an NCAA tournament game with Thomas Akizili and Xavier Talton as the starting point yeah, guards.
1: <laughs> you know, never forget they—they <laughs> they have a uh, Thomas Akizili's, uh picture on the wall with like the the buffs in the in professional sports.
2: Professionals, yeah, they, yeah. I should I should mention that I I had I had dogged the program for a while for not highlighting their professional players enough. Yeah. And I come in the arena this year, and there's a wall of all the pros. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that yeah. was really cool from the program to do, and and kudos to uh, to them for making that happen at the CEC. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, you know, shout out NCAA for making Derek White city a year, even though he's transferring within the same university system. That would have been his senior year, just saying. But um, regardless, um, we talked I, – I guess – okay. So looking at the schedule on Kemp CU has two home games against Cal Stanford coming up. You, mm-hmm. you, God, you hope to God those are wins. Um, and then they have all Quad A and B wins, Quad one two games, I should say, to end the year. Um, it's a it means really we'll play well. hard stretch to end. The, that's true. That's true. Better chance mm-hmm. against number one than number two fifty. Yeah,
1: we actually. I mean, I I didn't bring this up earlier, but we actually played pretty well against UCLA and USC. Like.
0: UCLA, we played really well. Yeah. I, I'm shocked that we held them down as far as we did. And then once they started making yeah. threes, it was over.
1: But I mean, yeah. 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 And it was also a lot of bad turnovers. So I guess –
0: Yeah. Oh, big collapse. Yeah. So I guess I just want to mention real quick, um, how do we see the rest of the season going? We've, we've talked about our disappointment so far this year. Everyone's disappointed, including Tad. But do we think they can salvage something, an NIT bid, something near the end of this year?
2: So this is obviously Get Right Week. You have to win those two games. Yep. You probably should look pretty good against Stanford and Cal. Um, did you lose to them a couple? You know, Yeah, you you lost to Cal on the road. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. You should also beat them by 30 tomorrow. Um, that's just how it is, and there's really no excuses there. Stanford, can't, they can be feisty, but you should win that game. The problem then becomes, we're going to lose by 30 to Utah. We're going to lose by 30 to Arizona. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen against ASU, but we're gonna get the the doors blown off us in Salt Lake. two have they
1: had their in season collapse yet?
2: ASU. <laughs> ASU. Uh, I don't know who they are this year. I really. Don't. Uh, yeah, they,
0: they've gone up and down. I, I will say they mitigate the in season by collapse by just kicking off the most talented players off the team, and that seems to have helped them. Oh yeah, Marcus
1: Bagley. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great loss for them.
2: You know they really. they've lost. Yeah, they've lost four straight. I don't. I don't know who Arizona State is right now. Get back to me in a week or two. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, the yeah, so whatever you do this week, whatever positivity you get this week, you're going to probably lose it in Salt Lake, and you're going to get it doubly reinforced negatively in Tucson because that game is not going to go well for us. Yeah. And then you got three brutal home games to conclude. That's rolling some real long odds. Yeah. Um, so could the team rebound and get to the 18-win mark? Sure. Are they? Probably not. Uh, I think I think it'll be a struggle to maintain 500 uh, with the with the strength of the schedule down the stretch, um, and that's that's really rough. That's really rough to look at a season where you know I'm I'm looking at going eight and eight and twelve maybe.
1: Yeah,
2: you know that's that's not where this program should be.
1: yep uh, we botched our winnable stretches. Yep. Um, and if we don't sweep Cal Stanford, it's like going to get bad. It's real bad.
0: I mean, it was this stretch that we just finished. That was a winnable stretch. Like yeah, you yeah, ended yeah, yeah. with two games you you need to win at home, but like the Washington road trip, the Oregon road trip, you know, Washington I'll, at home, wa- yeah, hosting the Washington schools, like that needed to be split at the very least. And you you expect to build some momentum there. And when I listened back, like we were talking about letting the young guys grow into their role during that stretch. It just doesn't. It, it growth didn't work that way. Like it, it just didn't work out. And now this season's kind of busted. Um, unless you make a miraculous run at the end here, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting around 17 wins, 16 wins near that. Kia Booker senior year season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you hope like hell for one or two in the Pac-12 tournament. But uh, all eyes on next year. Just, I mean. just
2: please, Tad, please, 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 <laughs> do not accept the invite from the CBI if it comes. <laughs> They, oh, they call you, you lose their number.
0: you, baby. Love watching well, Tory well, Miller check that up again. 10 shots.
2: We never doing that again.
0: Shout out Deleon Brown, man. And that uh no. that great halftime entertainment. <laughs> oh man. Rodney Bells, what a guy. Um, so yeah, I I, I think you know, this midseason check-in. Um all of us are, are disappointed with what we've seen, though it it hues kind of closely to what we expected near the beginning of the year. Um I just I just think that uh the, the development, especially on the wing spots, hasn't been what we needed. And we've mentioned it a few times, but really all eyes on next year. It's kind of been how we've been looking at this year whole the whole time anyways, with just what we have coming in. It's obviously very exciting. Um so yeah, I guess any final thoughts before we um we, we close this this chapter. Um
1: of the season, Let, I'll go first because my laptop is at is gonna die at any second now. Um, <laughs> um, fuck! I, I don't even have my thoughts together. Go ahead, Ben.
2: <laughs> uh, it, this is a this is a puke and rally moment. Uh, we we can we complete this season. We vomit and then we we get back on track. It's puke and rally time. Um, you know the program is. I, I still consider the program strong. I look at next year. I see the pieces coming in. I see, yeah. the, I, I see the bedrock, and I'm, I, I see the potential. I'm still yeah, happy yeah. with, with that. You know, this is a tough moment. It's a tough year. Just puke and rally.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we need to see flashes from those fringe players who may or may not be back next year. Um, Tad has been, I mean, surely he's been challenging these players internally, um, and we saw a good game from Nick uh, against Oregon on the road. Yeah. And, uh, like, immediately after, I'm sure he got challenged. Um, I We just need to see some positive growth from those types of players because, like, we know what KJ is. I mean, obviously, we could see him grow, too. We know what Tristan is. We know what Lawson is. Just find your rotation for next year. Maybe get some wins. It's not going to be – like, I, I think that NIT is lost, so.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I guess I'm going to end this thought with um... – I, I've seen a lot of what I expected to see this year and more out of, out of certain players too, but um, it's just so uneven that it's so easy for me to look forward to having new blood and having, having new offensive blood, especially um, next year. So I guess I'm watching the end of this year, just looking at, at where we can slot um, Cody Williams and potentially other options. Um, it's it's hard to finish this year the way we have but um i guess just people didn't pan out the way we expected it to and i will say bedrock and tap oil teams it doesn't seem like there's any cancers in the locker room it doesn't seem like these players don't want to try anymore i think they're all really good teammates um to yeah. each other for the most part it just seems like this equation didn't work out i'm yeah. like i'm excited to see what that looks like next year when hopefully it does
2: yeah i would second that analysis i haven't gotten any sense that there's a. There's animosity or anything like that, like we maybe saw the skier uh, or some of the or XJ there. West, Derek yeah, West, is, Yeah, uh, we we haven't had those moments, and and these this is a bunch of good guys, which is what is kind of underscoring how painful it's been. Because <laughs> I want to yep. root for him, you know. Yep. I want I want to I want to celebrate those wins with them. So,
0: all right, well, we will watch the end of the year with great interest. Thank you, Ben, for uh, coming on once again um, for this check in, and we appreciate your flexibility. And Sam, thanks for rocking through
1: that battery. Yeah. yeah I'm glad I made it through didn't think it would
0: bus
2: bus bus, bus.